This episode of The How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Visit FocusedCarWash.com for more information. Welcome to The How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Welcome to this episode of The How of Car Washing. My guest today is Eric Wolf. We're continuing our discussions on the future of car washing. Eric is the CEO of the ICA, and uh, thanks, Eric, for continuing to join us. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. Yeah. So we kind of talked about the history of car washing at the beginning, where it's come from and its roots and some exciting things that are happening in the industry right now. People are, people are very interested. A lot of people that I talk to, and I'm again, I'm on the, the board of the IC. I'm the board chair this year. So you and I have had a massive amount of conversation on what's going on with the future of car washing and how ICA can can help with that. But uh, there's two areas I think people are very interested in when it comes to the future of car washing. It's not only what what's going to happen technology-wise with car washing and how, you know, is it going to still be a retail experience? Is it still going to be a consumer experience? But also automotive technology is making a big play. And, and more so than ever before, the, the technology in automobiles is, uh, is becoming a, a consideration for how we build our car washes and how we deal with our customers. Um, but if we start talking about, uh, you talked about stage one earlier, which is kind of where we've come from and really formulating and, and uh, uh, building a foundation around the exterior express model in the industry. And, and people are concerned about a lot of things that are going forward because there's a lot, of, a lot of moving parts in the car wash industry. One of them is, um, you know, what's happening with the consolidator. So if you were to kind of factor in what we call stage two in this hyper growth period, what would stage two be and what would be the components of stage two? Yeah, I, I, and I think that's the that's the one we th- you know we're, we're saying that we're in right now. Um, you know, you mentioned this hyper growth, and what we're, when we say that, we're really talking about these groups that are the existing national or regional chains that you're seeing more consolidation and growth amongst those that sort of um, have dominant market positions in a geographic area. Um, the second thing is um, is is not just the growth of those chains, but the consolidation of market share. Um, we haven't seen it as much yet in supply side, but I expect we will. Um, and I think we're going to see the impact of consolidation then on the retail side really begin to accelerate here over the next, I'd say, 10 years. I mean, you look at the largest operator. Well, if you include the the petroleum side of the industry, um, you'd, you'd have to include the Circle K folks, of course, and, and some of those organizations. But you look at the conveyor side, and somebody with 250 um, locations, the Mr. Car Wash, out of, t- we think, maybe you know, 20,000, 25,000 conveyors. As a share, it's still very small. Um, but if you begin to say, okay, now what could the share be in 10 years as we see those that have 10 seemingly going faster to 20 you know, we see those with five seemingly going to faster to 10. Um, you know, you might get, whereas right now, what we define as a chain of maybe five five or 10 stores, maybe we get, if that's 5% today, maybe that can be 15% uh, within the medium term. 
And I think that has a lot of um, you know implications for the industry and the and the supply chain. And then the the third, um, you know, it's it's underway, and I think only conti- continuing and accelerating. But it's the stand. There's some standardizations happening. Uh, the Exterior Express, the subscription models, um, you know, the, those those you see becoming sort of the how how most people are going to market. Now, I'm not saying that's necessarily perfect. I, you know, standardization is great to some degree, um, but there's also that also might subject you to some opportunity to be disrupted if everyone's if differentiation is lessened. Right. But um, I think that you know that's the stage we're in now. Those that's where the majority of the energy seems to be. So the important takeaway I get from that discussion is we think, you know, we're always fearful of this industry is going to change and there's going to be a few big players. But even in a best case scenario, they might only own 10 or 15 percent of the market, which leaves 80, 90 percent of the market available to guys like me who might own a fewer number of washes. It still will be dominated by what I call independent operators. Would you would you agree with that? I would. I mean, I, I don't see how this is one of those quotes that gets played back to you, of course, when you're wrong. But I, I don't see how, <laughs> um, you know, given economic cycles and typically my understanding of how institutional investors look at an opportunity like the car wash business. I mean, the, it, we're all I would say in many in some respects, we're already almost at the point where to get to a scale anywhere near, you know, the 100 or 200 store headline consolidators that are out there. That takes, you're now dealing with having to buy and consolidate folks who own two, three, four, five stores, um, unless you're going to offer multiples that are, you know, that are just going to be, people would be crazy to turn them away. So either you change your financial model and you begin offering more money for stores, or you're going to spend a lot more time chasing smaller operators. And I say smaller compared to being able to buy a 10 or 15 store chain. There's only so many of those. I mean, you can count on hands and feet. So you're going to have to have the patience to go after 1Z, 2Z, 3Z to build up to a portfolio of 100 stores or more. That'll take you quite some time. Or you're going to have to, if you want to look at greenfield development or buying other kinds of permitted car wash and scraping them and rebuilding them, that takes a lot of time too. And, you know, this isn't like throwing up a franchise store in a mall that you can do in 60 days or, or 30 days. I mean, this is... That's a lot of time and patience and local market, um, I would argue, expertise required to site and build and construct. And, and oftentimes it seems like institutional money, you know, doesn't usually have that patience. So, you know, for those reasons, I, I, would, I would agree with you, David. I still think this is going to be a owner-operator, independent, dominated industry, but I think you will have considerably more major players, you know, major by multiples than you have, than you had 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it does give the the good thing about that from an independent operator perspective is there is a place to, you know, when you decide you want to retire and get out of the business, or maybe you're not going to pass it down to your kids and you have partners, it gives you a place to go market your car washes. So there's people that are out there now that are more readily interested in buying it. Uh, that are more institutionally based rather than trying to put it on the market and find a local person who wants to get in the car wash business. Um, you've got more avenues to sell your washes, I think, in the future. Um, so I think that's that's good. And, you know, you use an example of pizza stores, I think, in one of your presentations where you talked about the market share 
where Papa John's, for example, has 4% market share. Little Caesar has five. Domino's has six. Pizza has eight. Other chains have a total combined of 21. And when you look at independence, even in that, what I would call a mature industry, about over 53% of pizza stores are owned by independent operators. So, you know, that's an example of, of an industry that, you know, consolidated to the point that it could, but there's still the majority of people are independent operators. That's right. And, and I think you can, you know, all of us, we can be caught up maybe a little bit in the headline of, oh, consolidation and oh, look who bought who. And, 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 but you're right. You think about, you know, pizza and the other example we've looked at is self-storage, a lot of consolidation in those market, in those industries. And you know who those players are. You can name them. You see their TV ads, you drive down the street, they're always there. They're, they're omnipresent yet they control, you know, less than half of, they, they have less than half of the market share of those industries. So I, I, I agree. I think still a lot of room for the independent. Yeah. So as we get out our crystal ball, which I don't know if it's any better than the one that they created in 1984, but if we start talking about stage three, what do we start thinking about going forward um, in terms of car washes as retail locations? Plus what is automotive technologies? What does, the changing landscape of automobiles due to our industry. Yeah, I think, um, and I think there's three, we've got three bullets under this concept of stage three growth and, and we picked 2030. And again, this is not all stop start. I, right. I just think it's, it's, it's just, be, you know, you're just beginning to sense it now. I think, let's say it's in 10 years, who knows? Uh, you're really, you're really gonna, this will be impacting the business in a material way, the car wash business. And there's three pieces to it. One is the automotive technologies. And this is the one we're feeling the most, I think, right now. Um, this is the idea of, you know, we've used this term or become familiar with the term ADAS, which is automated driver assistance system. So automatic braking, you know, tra uh, smart transmissions, quote unquote smart all the things that are beginning that that make cars safer to operate but also can make washing them more challenging because the complexity around disengaging these systems so they can roll through a conveyor in particular um uh, the, the prevalence of those and so what whereas we're seeing it right now and it's a it's an issue it's a problem for car owners and car wash operators today i actually think this will be the least of the issue as we go forward i i think I think that technology is going to be something that we learn to work around um, as an industry. I think you all on the retail side, you're going to figure it out. You can handle that. And, and we're, we're doing some things at ICA, I think, that are, that are hopefully helpful to that. The, the other two pieces are um, automotive business models, how that's changing from automotive companies just being a, a manufacturer um, of a product they sell and, and move, move down to the consumer to being, um, to having subscription models where, you know, um, drivers are subscribing to a service, not owning a particular asset that they drive, but they're subscribing, you know, we're familiar with the Uber and the Lyft and those, and those have been around for a while, but you're seeing companies like Cadillac and you're seeing um, there's an independent company based out of Atlanta called Clutch, and they're allowing you to subscribe to a car. And that gives you the flexibility of swapping out models depending upon what you want to drive that month or that weekend. Um, and these are these are compelling propositions. I mean, the price points are still, 
I think, um, high enough to be a little bit niche right now. But, you know, you're paying, it, it's inclusive of your insurance. Um, you know, when the car arrives to you, it's already been cleaned. Um, you can swap out, let's say, 18 times a year uh, um, uh, 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 within their inventory. That's an interesting business model versus owning outright. So uh, that's the second part. And the third part then, kind of com- the intersect of all of that, is going to be the consumer behavior. So because of automotive technology, because of the alternatives available for automotive um, subscription or purchase options, what are consumers going to do and what are they going to expect? Um, you know, if they own the car, how how will they think about cleanliness? If mm-hmm. they're subscribing to the car, how will they think about cleanliness? And, and I, I might say a corollary to consumer behavior may, in fact, be automotive behavior. And what I mean is literally what the car does. And I think if you look further enough down the road, if you look at fully autonomous vehicles, um, the consumer may have preferences. The car may begin to have preferences, um, meaning... If it can drive by itself, it may go get itself washed at night while you're sleeping. That would be very convenient to the customer, perhaps. And if it goes and gets itself washed, where will it go? It, it needn't get a retail experience. Right. Um, and so that's, so those three, the, the technology we're seeing emerge today, the changing in business models, and then what the consumers and eventually the cars mm-hmm. do, this is going to be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And our current prognosticator is Derek Kaufman from Swartz Associates, who ICA has hired to kind of help us get a handle on not only what's happening with automotive technologies, but what are some of the future trends with automotive technologies. Had a really fascinating uh, discussion with him a couple weeks ago, and those podcasts will be on here uh, probably before ours is. But one thing he talked about, which is interesting, is cars won't need neutral anymore. So the need to be able to put a car in neutral will disappear which I think is interesting. Um, when you think about the need for neutral, he said the only need for neutral right now is to tow a car. And with the tow trucks now that have decks instead of the old ones where it just kind of hung on the back, he goes, car, cars won't need neutral anymore. So that that's an interesting idea for car wash industry owners who have conveyors who rely on that transmission to be put in neutral in order to roll it through through the tunnel. That's going to have to be a change we make. Um, but he's also excited about the fact that he thinks passenger miles will increase as a result of the technology that's out there. And that goes along the lines of uh, with autonomous cars, people who are too young or too old to be driving will probably be included in the, in the ridership or the passenger uh, profile of vehicles now. So... You know, when you get to about 80 years old, maybe you shouldn't be driving. And uh, But with autonomous cars, you can still take advantage of your freedom and go where you need to go because the car is going to take you there. Um, so interesting ideas from from Derek and what he's thinking about. But he's very, you know, we also, we think there'll be less passenger miles with this ride sharing uh, capability. But he's he's kind of bullish in the fact there'll be more passenger miles, which means there'll be a higher need to wash more cars in the future. Right, right. Yeah, this is the great unknown, right? And 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 I think the other thing that um, I think it's Derek has pointed to this in his work is, you know, with some of these levels of autonomy and as the vehicles become smarter, it may also bring down travel. T- it may bring down congestion and travel times. 
which may, to your point, create then more ridership and more miles traveled because we're more efficient at using the highways and infrastructure that we have. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, I guess at the end of the day, as long as the cars get dirty, number one, and number two, as long as we care about that, meaning we want to have cleanliness. Yeah, I'd like to think we're OK. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but time will tell. Yeah, there's all types of things we were talking about. Like I said, well, wouldn't wouldn't road rage go down, you know, because people are driving autonomously and not they're not uh, having to worry about that. But he brought up an interesting point is autonomous cars will have to go the speed limit. So they're not going to be designed to go 15 to 20 miles an hour faster than the speed limit. So, um, you know, think about, you know, if cars are doing what they're supposed to be doing, there'll be a lack of of need to write tickets anymore, which will affect tax uh you know, tax implications for counties and cities and states won't be writing traffic tickets as much. But he said, well, it might fix road rage. It might not. So there's all types of implications. There's so much disruption that's going to take place with autonomous vehicles. If if he also mentioned, uh, if you look at a, if you look at a road from up top and you look at, uh, if you look at, you look at cars on a road and you look from up top, you realize that a very small percentage of the road is being utilized and that's because as humans, we need to have spacing between our vehicles as we increase our speed. It goes with autonomous vehicles. The need for that will be eliminated because the cars will be communicating with each other as far as spacing is concerned. So we can almost double or triple the amount of cars we have in our existing roads today without building any more infrastructure, which I thought was an interesting, interesting idea. Yeah. But by the way, yeah, some, somewhere right now, someone's doing a podcast on how do we tax all of this? I'm certain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, taxing, taxing <laughs> entities are going to have to think about this because lots of things are going to change in the future. This episode of the How of Car Washing is sponsored by Focused Car Wash Solutions. Focused Car Wash Solutions is your complete guide to having a successful business in the car wash industry. Whether you are a new investor or a seasoned operator looking to make improvements, the experienced team at Focus can help you every step of the way. For more information, please go to FocusedCarWash.com. So if you think about car ownership in the future, we might not own a car. That's one thing I think that he's pointed out that we've talked about is you might you you might not actually own a car you might just be renting a car for the day so with individuals not owning cars let let's just play this out 25 years from now let's say less people own cars and they're taking advantage of these fleet services or they're taking advantage of fractional ownership of vehicles what does that do to the retail car experience and what does that do to the you know, what, what type of needs does that create for the, for the fleet operator? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, um, you know, if, if you were merely thinking as, as a car wash supplier, you'd look at this and say, well, it looks like it's uh gro- it's net good. It's, it's, it's a uh, gross good even, right. That there's going to be with all these different vehicles. And if there's more fleet or more fractional, particularly if cleanliness is included in your subscription, like I mentioned with this clutch or Cadillac, you know, they're bringing the car to you clean. Well, that's great because washing is going to continue to happen. The, the the retail one, I think there's a there's more questions around. And um, you know, one of the one of the terms I know, David, you and I have talked about is that some people might not be familiar with on the podcast is this idea of right to repair. So, right to repair has been an issue for several years, particularly in our 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 brethren in the fast lube industry, mm-hmm. and the idea that 
you know, vehicles were, were beginning to come out with proprietary lubrications, lubric- lubricants. Um, and, you know, you had to use the OE approved oils to maintain your warranty or to other types of repair to the car. Well, independent auto repair shops began to say, listen, that's, you know, that's, that's, you're, you're undercutting us. You're creating a closed environment that we can't participate in. And they began this talk of and advocacy around right to repair um, to keep the architecture open. Okay. So what, what if there was a corollary for car washing, right? What if, what if these, what if cars were begun to be manufactured and really coded Okay, ones and zeros <laughs> with when I need washing, I will go to a dealership or I will go to a in-network car wash, whether mm-hmm. it's owned by a dealership or let's say GM begins to contract with certain car washes. Well, that, that, that has the, you, you can take that leap, okay, and say that's going to create a closed architecture in the car wash environment. And we haven't had to deal with that before. So the, again, the retail, the retailer I think you have to, of course, the, the majority of cars probably for our lifetime are going to continue to be owned and controlled by the consumer owning them or driving them. But I think you'll also want to begin thinking about how can I maybe partner with these fractional subscription or dealerships maybe to also be a source, not for the human to make the decision, but maybe for the the car or the network to make the decision so that the aggregate volume of washing, you know, you're continuing to get your fair or more share. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think some of the trends, you know, if I was looking at a crystal ball, if I was a car wash operator, the thing I would keep an eye on would be what are my opportunities in the business to business environment? So as these fleets start developing, how do I get a piece of that um, market? Um, I think business to consumer is still going to be there for the next 20 to 40 years. I don't see that dramatically changing, but I think what you're going to see is this eventual change of people um, of these fleet companies that are going to need to wash their car. Uh, I think they're going to be washing more often than the consumer does. Would you agree with that? I would think so. I mean, I, I, I've used the, uh, the example of it's, um, it, it, it's if the car is shared, I mean, when you when you go to a hotel, you expect to have clean a clean room. Those are cleaned right. every single day, right? Because there's a high turnover. So I think there's an absolute opportunity for more cleaning to be happening. So also, it's going to predicate where we put car washes. So one thing we've talked about is the need right now in a retail environment to find good retail locations to build car washes, which can be challenging. I mean, it can be challenging because you're competing against the banks, the Walgreens, the Seven Elevens, who are looking for those corner lots. In a B2B environment, it doesn't matter where the car wash is located. It could be located in a warehouse district uh, where cost of building and cost of land might be considerably less because companies don't care where where it's washed. It's not it's not an impulse purchase at that point. So probably location might change over time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think about that for a second. That's that's an interesting one, and I, I and I'm saying interesting meaning. It would scare me to death, too, as a retail operator, particularly those who have invested in a dominant market position in a geographic area, right? And there's plenty of examples of where a car wash operator has gone in and they've got 12 or so car washes around this metropolitan or small metropolitan even area, and they have a dominant position. 
and they've got great A sites, you know, a, grade A retail locations, and they've invested in real estate significantly to build out these sites. Well, and you feel like you are protected. You've got a moat around you <laughs> because of right. that. Yeah. And, and, and what if, right? What if this future we're talking about comes to be and somebody could come in and in the exurbs or, you know, 10 miles outside of you build a whole bunch of washes or one great big wash that is cheap to construct, right? That looks like a, an outbuilding at a farm <laughs> that right. can, that can do massive volume because it can grab that B2B business. Um, that's that's a that's an interesting future. Yeah, very interesting. And I think that's one thing I learned in going to Europe, going to Germany and going to uh, the Netherlands was the fact that they do build car washes in primarily warehouse districts because the cost of land is so expensive and there's not much of it that they've opted to build in areas that you and I would never dream of building here in the U.S. However, they do very well in these warehouse, these warehouses, I guess, and even in the Netherlands, I think the law is you can't own land. I think you lease it. Is that my my thinking correct there? That's my understanding. Yeah, most of the land in 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 that city is owned by the by the city of the government, and you lease long term leases. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're doing it in warehouses that are not no longer being used and being very successful with this. So that's that that's another reason why I think it's good to go to other parts of the world to see how people are doing it because it always opens my eyes when I go there to think about. You know, can you build a car wash in a warehouse? Can you have a huge facility? Will people come? Is it truly, you know, does it have to be around a retail environment or can it be in another area of town where maybe it's less expensive? Um, But the third component of this that we talked about is it kind of throws the whole exterior express market on its ear when you start thinking about the far future because the demand for both exterior and interior services is going to increase because they're going to these fleet companies are going to want the inside cleaned as much as the outside. Right. And and that's the part I think would be incredibly difficult to automate. You know, not impossible. Nothing's impossible, I guess, when it, when it comes to artificial intelligence and automation, et cetera. But you think about, you know, interior cleaning, the, the different contours of the vehicles, the different fabrics and components that need to be washed in different ways. And then you think about the stuff that the customers have in their car. Um, you know, how do you, you got to have a really smart machine to differentiate between a diamond ring and a, and a popsicle wrapper that was left in the car, you know? So, um, I, I, you know, you may find a real, we may find a real niche that's created even more so than today for interior cleaning. Now, whether that be industrialized, I'll call it industrialized B2B or it's high end B2C, you might see more of that, um, with that change. Right. Right. So some interesting ideas to kind of keep your eye on in the future as you start seeing these these uh, these mega trends taking place. So we're going to have to be very agile as car wash owners and operators to see these trends and make sure we're making adjustments as time goes on. There's going to be winners and losers. There's going to be winners in the uh, in the you know the car wash operating arena there's going to be winners and losers in the car wash equipment manufacturers and and so the people that are keeping an eye on these trends i think are going to be the uh and looking far in the future are going to have a more higher likelihood of being successful and making the changes that are necessary to uh to can you continue being successful in in this industry so eric share with us a little bit about what ica is doing uh today? I know that's a big, big answer, but uh, what are some exciting things that are coming up that you'd want to encourage our listeners and members to come to? 
Well, thanks, David, for the opportunity to talk about that. Um, you know, all of this, what we've been talking about in these last two podcasts, the last, the last hour or so, is a lot of our focus is what's happening in the industry today, what's going to happen in the industry tomorrow, and what does it mean for you? And in the, and the way we deliver on that is in a couple of different manners. One is um, our magazine, Car Wash Magazine, carwashmagazine.com. Um, where you can find you know the articles and the content and some thought leadership that we put together on what's happening that we put out on a quarterly basis. Um, number two, I'd say the the more uh, robust is even our events. Um, you know, this is still an industry where there's not a lot of Khan Academy content for car washing or or easy to Google and make sure that you know you you understand everything you need to know about car washing. Right. This is still it's still a local business. It still requires talking to experienced people and and getting input on your situation, your goals, and 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 and, and evaluating different ideas in the market. So we ch- we try to really focus on bringing people together. Uh, we do that with our trade show every year in the U.S. Every two years in Europe. We do that with, um, we have a Car Wash Excellence Summit we just started recently that you were a part of a few weeks ago in San Diego. You know, the more we can do, we think, to bring people together and to lift up new ideas for debate and evaluation, I think that's the best way an association can serve an industry, especially one that's changing a lot. Yeah, I would agree. And I think it becomes more and more important as time goes on. If you want to be on the leading edge of what's going on and take advantage of the the mega trends that are happening, I think the International Car Association is is going to be a vital part of your overall work in being involved. I, I've, it's been a great experience for me the last four or five years being involved in ICA, but I've learned so much and I've had such an opportunity to go to different places around the world to learn about the car wash industry. And it's made me a much better operator uh, as I think about what other people are doing. I get to meet some of the great uh, operators in the industry get to visit with them. We get to talk about what's going on, what's working, what's not working. If you're, if you're keeping yourself in a silo, I think that's going to put you at a major disadvantage as time goes on because you're not going to be aware of what's happening. So, you know, I, I can't pitch ICA enough or being a member of your regional and your national association. Uh, so take advantage of that and, uh, you'll, you'll be better at what you're doing. You'll, you'll, uh, You'll be on the forefront. You'll make more money. You'll be happier. Your employees will be happier. There'll be a lot of benefits to to uh, association membership. So as a result of that, Eric, what would be a good place for people if they want to find out more information about you or the ICA, where would they go? Yeah, please, if you would, go ahead and visit carwash.org, which is the association's website. You can you can read the magazine I mentioned, our Car Wash magazine there. You can learn about our upcoming events, um, all available at carwash.org. And then if you'd also want to reach any member of the staff, myself included, scroll to the bottom of our uh, page of our website. You'll see an ICA staff link, and you'll find our email and cell phone and office phone. Anything you need to reach us, we'd be happy to help you. Okay, fantastic. Eric, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. It's fascinating information and uh we'll look forward to having you back soon thanks david good luck with the podcast i love it all right thanks bye-bye thanks for joining us on this episode of the how of car washing and thanks to our show sponsor focused car wash solutions please visit us at the how of for the show notes to this episode thank you for listening to the how of car washing For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.